0: And do you mind maybe if we get waters too? Are you yeah. I'm sure yeah. my mouth's gonna get dry. They're just right there, the water bottles. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Thank you so much.
1: All righty. Do we need to keep these off camera? Uh,
2: that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Do you just want to take a sip? A no, sip. I'm good. <laughs> <Yeah>? <laughs>
1: all right, all right. Crack it. Exactly right.
2: We got the new things at our church. The flip. Yeah. So funny. Small things matter, man. When you got one mic and a a water bottle, you can't be doing all that. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, Is it Pastor Troy?
1: Yeah.
2: Pastor Troy, thank you so much. We're really excited. I'm super excited. Okay. Just your inside and just learning more about you and your ministry, Um, Olivia. You're gonna do great. If at anything, you can always throw a lifeline at me, and I'll and I'll guide you right back. Okay.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Okay. We're smiling. We're looking at this camera here for the intro. Once she says your name, Pastor Troy, you're gonna be looking over this way. Okay. Okay. Um, ready, smiling looking over here. We'll do a sync. And Jim, feel free to get some behind the
0: scenes if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get some as well. Smiling and at this camera and action. hey everyone and welcome to the All of Olivia podcast, where we are all about helping others, all about inspiring growth in all areas of your life, and all about creating generational wealth. I'm your host, Olivia, and this is the All of Olivia podcast where we are all love. And today we have a special guest. He is a humanitarian. He impacts everyone all over the world. And he also is the president and a founder of Lionsgate Network. Please welcome Troy Marshall.
1: Hey, happy to be here.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. Welcome for coming in. Yeah. Okay. Well, hold that, on. Yeah. 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 That, what on was that? that? Welcome for coming You're
2: in. You're great. <laughs> I recommend the water bottle. It <laughs> <laughs> does wonders. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a try and true uh, trick
0: Trick of the trade. You're so funny. Um,
2: cool. You have all the words. It's just a matter of just trying again. We'll just give you two know. takes. How was that intro for you? Perfect. Cool. The yep. three things that they, she described, and did she want to add?
1: No? no. Okay. That's cool. perfect.
2: Right at this camera Olivia. Pastor Troy you're not being seen yet until she said your name and looking mm-hmm. here. Really
0: smiling and action. Hey everyone and welcome to the All of Olivia podcast where we are all about helping others, all about inspiring growth in all areas of your life and all about creating generational wealth. See, yeah. now, now you made me nervous. Now you, you made it. me overthink myself. See, so I'm bad. so sorry. <laughs> you're right. maybe he should do it cuz he's the expert. Yeah, take your time. <laughs> you're doing great. You're doing. Great. Oh my goodness. Hold on.
2: A, if there's like a fib that's like you just not knowing what to say, you can just, just stare blankly and then just pick it up right where you left off. Yeah. But if it's a word thing, then we can Then we start. have to start
0: over. Yeah, I yeah. get it. You could, yeah. so, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. start from the top. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Just smiling and going ahead. Pastor Troy, Thank you so much. Alrighty. This is church right here, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All of Olivia podcast, where we are all about helping others, all about inspiring growth in all areas of your life, and all about creating generational wealth. This is the All of Olivia podcast, where we all love. I am your host, Olivia, and today we have a special guest. He is a humanitarian. He helps impact lives all over the world, and he is the president and founder of Lionsgate Network. Please welcome my guest, Troy Marshall. Hey. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, in, Glad to be here. I am so blessed for you to be able to share your testimony and help inspire growth in these people's lives.
1: Awesome. Yeah.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, well, I've been in uh, full time ministry for about 32 years. And I've also been a humanitarian for probably about 26 of those years all over the world. And I've worked in and lived in Indonesia South Africa, uh, Central America, and Guatemala, and also uh, currently in working heavily in the nation of Mongolia. And so we've uh, been raising up leaders, uh, marketplace leaders, and uh, church leaders for about two decades now, and Planet Bible Schools churches all over the world, and then our humanitarian work has really touched probably close to a million people worldwide.
0: That is awesome. I know yeah. I was just about to say, I can just imagine the impact of how many lives you've had, not only just in the States, but as you just listed, all of these other places that you've yeah. reached across the world. That is awesome. Yeah. So so a lot of times, I mean, I'm looking at you and this is just an amazing impact that you're making. You found a purpose and all this good stuff. And mm. a lot of people don't know your backstory. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about where you came from and how you got to where you're at. Oh,
1: uh, okay. So... Um, You know, I'm kind of unique for an African-American male. Like, I didn't grow up in a single-family home. My dad was around the whole time, and that made a huge impact on me. Um, I was involved in uh, football, uh, sports. I actually uh, got saved or came to Christ in my sophomore year of college. I was at a small junior college, and I had gotten a uh, full-ride scholarship offered to me that I actually ended up turning down to go to seminary. (laughs)
0: Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: because I had an incredible encounter with God, and and I just didn't come to church. I really had an encounter with God when I was 19, um, and I had a great football career ahead of me, and I just felt like God was calling me in another direction. Mm -hmm. And so on the letter of intent day, I didn't show up (laughs) because I just couldn't. I just felt that my life was going in a different direction, and so I ended up foregoing that scholarship and then going to seminary in Southern California which was heavily involved in world missions. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, after I graduated, I immediately went onto the mission field or, or actually worked for that college for a while, uh, came back, we went to the mission field, came back, and then I became the dean of students of that school for uh, quite a few years, for about seven or eight years, and then started my own work um, around 2000. And then I've been doing this ever since. So, yeah, but uh, it's been a great journey, and we've been able to really, Our model of our ministry is transforming people and then transforming Mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. So we figured out a long time ago that you can't transform places without transforming the people first. And so our goal is always to touch lives and transform them for the glory of God and make sure that people understand that God is the God of the poor yes. and God loves people unconditionally. And we try to demonstrate that with the work we do.
0: Yep, I found, I mean, just in the little bit of people that I talked to and I've reached myself is yeah. a lot of people think, well, you know, all of that, it's great. It's great for them, but that's their mm. life, right? God yeah. can't use me because of either where they're from, their current situations or what they've done in their past. What do you tell those people when they say, but that's you, not but not me, Yeah.
1: Well, here's the bottom line um, for anyone that's listening: is that your life will never have real meaning unless it's impacting someone else's life, mm-hmm. and it takes people sometimes a long time to figure that out. They yeah. really think that their success and happiness and joy is, um, you know, tied to their wealth mm-hmm. or their what their definition of success is, and then. They climb the ladder and then find it's leading against the wrong building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is why, you know, most self-help things or trainings will always talk about giving back because they know that m- the wealth will have no meaning yeah. unless it's helping to change lives. Um, but, you know, one of the great things that happens in that journey of changing lives is you understand that your life mm-hmm. needs to change first. Yes. And truly be impactful, you got to let it impact you. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the the keys that we try to, you know, share with the people that we help, uh, you know, disciple, raise up, especially in the marketplace, is understanding that you don't find your career first. You find your purpose first. Mm -hmm. And give them some real keys to understand if they're just chasing wealth or if they really found their purpose.
0: Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And I think one thing, so for myself, again, I I was talking to you right before we started recording this, was in regards to, you know, I had found my banking career, right? Okay, Mm. well, I'm I'm in banking, boom, check mark, you know, I'm doing good, right? And then I I even did a post on this before as well, where I was like, okay, I'm being a great mom, I'm a perfect mom, check, just Mm. checking off all these boxes as if you know once they're all checked i'm complete and good but it's just you still like you said without that purpose without having that purpose and serving others there was so much emptiness yes so you know for me when you come in when you have someone who's in this realization to where they're just they feel empty what what would you instruct them how how do they find out what their purpose is like? You know, th- being aware is one thing. Mm. That's a great thing is when you're finally yeah. aware that, okay, hold on. My life's not where I, it needs to be. I need to find something. But what do they do at that point?
1: Yeah, so, you know, one of the keys, and I've taught this uh, all over the world for people that, you know, find that how to find your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, you know, you have to pay attention to what comes easy for you. Mm-hmm. Many times a clue to your gifts and your calling is what comes natural to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always wanted to help people. It's always been my thing, but um, I didn't understand, you know, that that was part of my purpose until Mm -hmm. I entered into a relationship with God and I began to see that oh, it's about really helping people, Mm -hmm. not just you know being a good friend or you know taking care of things. Uh, The other thing is is what are you willing to suffer for? Mm -hmm. That's one of the keys. Most people get into things they don't last very long, and there's a lot of adversity right now in the marketplace because. Um, I believe we're currently in a recession. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in those times, people sw- tend to switch careers or they're trying to find out something else. But the people that really have found who they are, they will suffer through this time and yeah. hunker down because exactly. they understand that this is not optional for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third thing is, is um, we don't we're never going to suffer long for a, a, like a pipe dream.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: you know, we know that God's planned things in our heart that are eternal purposes, mm-hmm. and so um, you know when this is the problem: people set goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goals are never fulfilled because you know they they set goals about things goals, mm-hmm. and so it's like bigger house, bigger car, more money, um, but they find out when they get those things, they're completely <laughs> unfulfilled. <laughs> Because you've got to set what's called becoming goals. And so the, your purpose is about what you're called to become. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you can't define that, then what happens is you end up becoming something you didn't intend to become. So yeah. I set becoming goals that are going to challenge me. I had a friend one time challenge me about becoming a millionaire. And I was like, you know, I don't care about being a millionaire. You know, I, I, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, help people and save lives and do things, you know. But he said it because he goes, it's not about the money, Troy. Mm-hmm. He says it's about what you would have to become mm-hmm. in order to get there, yeah. the books you would need to mm-hmm. read, the information you would need to acquire, the discipline you would need to have. And so when we set that goal, I was like, wow, I had to change. I had to yeah. become a better person. Mm-hmm. I had to become more mindful. Once I did acquire more finances, I had to be like, I've got to be a better steward. steward mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when we set goals about becoming, they they really help us discover our purpose.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so in our industry we do a lot of um oh gosh, what what are those things called? These ones are here.
1: Vision uh, boards. The vision boards. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My mind was yeah. like
0: sorry. And we're like, Okay, let's do vision boards and right, and mind you, a lot of times people say, Okay, I want a new like you were saying, a new car and yeah. a new house and yeah. they so many things of their envisioning that they want to receive mm. in their life. Um and last year and this year very similar. And I'm actually, I'm, f- I'm feeling like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing yeah. because then I started thinking, okay, but what is it that I, like you're saying, I need to become, mm. what is it that I need to cultivate and grow in, in my own life? It's yes. not just growing in wealth. What do I need to grow in myself? And so one thing that I'm just, I say, and I affirm every single day is I am full of integrity. And that's just something for me personally that I want to grow and cultivate. Mm. I'm just full of integrity, no matter what situation, no matter yeah. where, what I'm faced with, I'm full of integrity. And I'm full of, you know, and I say that every single day. And that's something, again, we have to look inward. We have to look, how are we becoming the best versions of ourselves that God created us to be, not just outward things?
1: Yeah. So calling, uh, you know, the call, people talk about this is my calling or Mm -hmm. this is my, you know, and I always emphasize this with people, like, you got to know the difference between your calling and your destiny. Mm -hmm. There's two different things. Um, You could fulfill your calling and miss your destiny.
0: Mm, okay, yeah. t- get get a little <laughs> bit more detail because my mind's about to be blown right now. Yeah, okay, t- <laughs>
1: so you know, most people's you know they see their calling is what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm called you know to preach and share mm-hmm. the gospel. I mean, people may be called to, uh, like you are, to help people build wealth and, and mm-hmm. acquire assets and in real estate. Uh, and you can do that really well, but then your destiny is what you're supposed to become. Mm. And so people fulfill callings all the time and miss their destiny because in the process of their calling, they become a horrible person. Mm. But they did it. They accomplished it. And that's what happens many times when they don't look at their destiny about understanding that uh, there's another level Mm -hmm. of what you're becoming in this process. So um, I found that out early on. I've seen this before, especially in ministry, there's just a stereotype around ministers that, you know, are very successful, big churches and big mm-hmm. ministries, and then you see them fall into some sort of adultery or get in trouble with money. That's mm-hmm. an example of it. They yeah, they yeah. did. They fulfilled their calling. This was they're called to do. They yeah. have a really big ministry, a big outreach what they're doing, but they didn't understand that God was really dealing, wanted to deal with who they were becoming, because mm-hmm. that's what we're going to carry into eternity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to ask ourselves, am I the kind of person that God wants to be around? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I get to heaven,
3: exactly. <laughs> you know, because exactly. you can get
1: there and be like, yeah, go sit over there, <laughs> you know, exactly. so it's really, uh, you know, our destiny is to become the perfect representation of who God is mm-hmm. in the earth, mm-hmm. that's my goal, that's the end game for me, yeah. it's not how many people I'm going to reach, it's not how, how uh, successful by the world's definition mm-hmm. that I want to become, is that can I do I represent my father's heart to mm-hmm. people yeah. and I believe that's where we're failing many times in mm-hmm. Christianity is people are really trying to build ministries and doing great things, but they're not really representing the father's heart they're mm-hmm. not knowing that God loves everyone exactly. whether you're homosexual, whether you're broken, whether you're an alcoholic or whether you're a pristine you know mom or mm-hmm. something or mm-hmm. you know so w- you know we have to show up and love everybody yeah the same. And so we can only do that when we understand that's the way God loves us and we've come into the earth to be a representation of him. That's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. says, If you've seen me, you've seen He's, the Father. Alright? Yeah. That was his goal. And he didn't say come to me. He said Come to me all you that have your and I'll give you rest, which the only rest we can really have as a as an is mm-hmm. understanding that our father's taking care of us.
3: Exactly. That we have
1: a father in heaven that's looking after us. Yep. And that's the rest of God in our life that comes when we're, you know, really pursuing him mm-hmm. and not just a form or something else. Yeah.
0: So I as you know, I grew up in church, right? And yeah. for for a small period I of that I know your dad. He's <laughs> I one know. of my good friends. I know. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> he, but for for a period of time in my teenage and adult life, I totally strayed. And I was like, oh, mm. my gosh, I felt it is just religion. It's just yeah. being forced on me, this and that. And I, I've changed my direction a little okay. bit. And I, I, I take all those words back. It yeah. is really it's <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't right. Um, but a couple things is one thing that I realized as what you were saying in the beginning is when you find your purpose, it's actually to serve others. And just like what you were saying right now in regards to when others see you, you want them to see God. Like we're supposed to show love and God's love to others, and yes. that's how you make that true impact. Yes. Um, but just over the years looking back, I I look at my dad who we're just talking about, and it's amazing how many people I run into and come. Your dad's an amazing guy. Your dad's an amazing guy. Yeah. Your dad's an amazing guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like just going over how much his heart he shares with others. Yeah. And he might not be the richest. He may not you know have all this that other people do. But his heart that he shares with others and the impact that he's trying to make to others that's going to be remembered more than any yeah. other thing that's that's possible. More than any other cars <laughs> and all that good stuff.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah like your dad we've been all over the world together and his heart's very evident, you know, and like one of the things we do, um, you know, people ask me this all the time because we have you know, these very large outreaches in different places like it. Like one of our outreaches in, is in Honduras mm-hmm. where we run three different medical clinics mm-hmm. um, in some of the poorest areas in the capital city there. And, you know, of course, you know, we give out free medicine. We bring in doctors from all over the world to come and volunteer in there. And so that clinic's running almost every week. Um, and it's all free. Mm-hmm. And so people ask me, well, how can you do that? Why don't you charge them something? And then people just coming in, getting free medicine, and you know. Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, people are sick, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. And he said, like, well, and I get a lot of flack for this because people are like, well, how do you, you know, how do you preach to them? How do mm-hmm. you?" And I said, well, we don't, mm-hmm. not in the clinic because they're sick and people don't hear so good when they're, you know, in <laughs> yeah, pain. <laughs> exactly. So, but they, what we do do is demonstrate mm-hmm. The, the unconditional love of god mm-hmm. in that yes. and then we've seen whole neighborhoods transformed mm-hmm. um, we're in 18th street gang neighborhoods that are controlled by them and one of the reasons why we started the clinics is because we were ministering to them in the prisons there mm-hmm. and they would say can you check on my mom can you check on my kids they're sick can you get them some medicine and because they couldn't help them from prison mm-hmm. and so we were we started you know going in and well, why don't we bring in a medical team, brigade, and missions team to have and mm-hmm. help, and then that turned into, like, a building being given to us, and then it kind of ballooned into now three different locations in three of the roughest gang-infested neighborhoods when mm-hmm. where clinics never get broken into. Mm-hmm. We started three churches in a place where everyone was afraid to have a church. Wow. Uh, and those churches are thriving in those neighborhoods because the people know mm-hmm. that we showed up, yeah. clocked in, mm-hmm. and loved people unconditionally before we ever asked them. We demonstrated the love yeah. of God. And that's what's important.
0: Yeah. And, and that's and that's powerful. Yeah. That is powerful because when, when you look at when you're coming out there with just no strings attached. Mm-hmm. Because imagine, I mean, I, me just thinking, imagine if you were to start charging or start. They're going to be looking at you like, hold on, this guy's trying to make profits off me, right? But you're just like, no, no strings attached. We're here just to love you.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, people don't have to get saved or come to Christ to get our help. Mm -hmm. We hope they do, Yeah, and we will share that with them, but it's not a requirement. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we don't leverage Mm -hmm. our help in order to get people to come to Christ. It's a secondary consequence Mm -hmm. of us demonstrating the love of God. Mm -hmm. And And the scripture says this, that... It's the perfect love of God that leads men to repentance, mm-hmm. and so when we demonstrate that love, you know, people see that and they go, "Oh, you know, God really." Now, you know, we've done things and you know that have been so impactful mm-hmm. um, because we've done them with the right heart. And one of the things that I've, you know, we have an outreach. I'll tell the story really quick. We have outreach in Mongolia, mm-hmm. and many people who are listening probably don't know this because it's not really well advertised. But mm-hmm. Mongolia has the worst air of any nation in the world during the winter months. Mm-hmm. It is worse than Beijing and Delhi combined. And so, on the pollution index, you know, here we're in San Diego; it's beautiful. Probably be like a 0.25 parts per million. You know, mm-hmm. which is really good, pretty good air. Um, in Mongolia, on any given winter, and I've been there this le- last year where the pollution index can reach up to 99 999 anything over 150 is not good anything over 200 is deemed hazardous 250 is poisonous so you're imagining a group of people in the capital city and other cities living in in not beyond toxic air um it's because they burn raw coal and they burn mm-hmm. tires mm-hmm. and so we uh Came into this, we've been working there for years. I didn't know about the problem until someone, you know, of my team there got sick and told me it's the air, Pastor Troy, you know, because I'm African American, I don't go to 40 below.
3: <laughs> 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 so we only worked in the yeah.
1: summertime, you yeah, know. Yeah. And so, um you know, I never saw it because it's wow. in the summertime, it looks perfect. Mm-hmm. But when the winter comes and uh, it's ne- below negative 20, they can't keep their tents warm. And about 2 million people live in tents in the city, wow. uh, in the girts, yurts. And so, um, you know, we commissioned a mask for kids there because they were suffering the most. The average kid mm-hmm. in Mongolia under 12 had about a 40 percent lung capacity. Wow. Um, they had the highest rate of miscarriage um, because the particles are so small that they get into the mother's mm. gestating children um, and into their milk, into their bloodstream. And so it is one of the worst humanitarian crises in the world that no one knows about.
0: That and that's very true because I never heard no of that no ever has. until yeah. my dad and you yeah. have gone and out. And your
1: dad's been there with me, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we commissioned a mask from a great company here in America. They didn't make – no one makes a an N99 hazardous waste mask for kids. Mm-hmm. What's the point?
0: Exactly. And
1: so a great company we worked with commissioned. We asked them, could they make one? Mm-hmm. And they did. And so we have given out uh, to date uh, – we just did an outreach there uh, last month. Which I think was our fifth, and we worked with the president of Mongolia for the first time. It's a very anti Christian nation. And so, but we worked with them, and and we went to all the first responders Mm -hmm. and distributed 10,000 of those to them. And to date, I think we're right around 80,000 in schools, in hospitals, in every nursing mom or every mom that's about to give birth gets Mm -hmm. one. Um, but the credible story is this. I, I make I, Because I'm African-American in a country like that, I walk around sometimes and people will stop because they know I'm the mask guy because <laughs> I'm on the news. And, they, and one lady stopped me. She goes, I just want you to know uh, I've had four miscarriages until I got your mask at the hospital. Oh, wow. And she goes, and I f- had my first child, and he's about four months old. And she just cried and thanked me. And I thought... And, I t- and she says, why do you do it? It's expensive. Mm-hmm. And I said, because we want to be bringers of hope. Mm-hmm. We want you to know that God has not forgotten you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we're always mindful of the fact that we are letting people know that there is a God in heaven and he hasn't forgotten them. People mm-hmm. feel forgotten yes. and they've lost hope. There's nothing worse than a person that has lost hope. Mm-hmm. And so to be a bringer of hope is one of our greatest, greatest gifts that we'd be able to do in the name of God.
0: Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And. You know, for for me, just by hearing you say even even though you're not necessarily preaching directly to them Mm. and preaching them the word and saying this is God and, you know, repent or you're going to hell, you know, all this stuff. You're not preaching to them like that. But again, through these acts, you're opening their heart because what I've noticed is you go to someone who's hard towards God and you preach to them. They're just going to be like, get out of here, blow you off, off," and they're going to keep on walking. Right. But you share something with them and you help them with no strings attached. Right. And they're like, okay, they're going to remove their guard a little bit more. Yeah. And it's an opportunity then, as you were saying, to show the love of God and God will do the rest.
1: Yeah. And we've been able to mm-hmm. really um, further the cause of Christ, mm-hmm. but in a very organic way yeah. in those kind of places where it's very difficult. It's very mm-hmm. hard, persecuted uh, churches there. And so, you know, we've seen whole neighborhoods and city officials and government officials that were really against anything to do with Christianity mm-hmm. and Christianity up with us because we showed up and did that first and without an agenda you Mm -hmm. know we're doing uh, we have an agenda we're not we're not doing love we're doing business Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and so we never do business we do love and the consequence of that has always been that you know lives are changed and Mm -hmm. people are impacted by the love of our god of our father yeah
0: Yeah. well it's Absolutely amazing to hear everything that you've been doing. So mm. when you're bringing it down, again, just like for my viewers, everyone that's going to be listening here, I'm yeah. sure they've never heard of any of this going on in Mongolia. And they're probably like, I'm probably never going to go to Mongolia. Yeah. But what how can I be used or how does this look to sharing God's love either on their own or even through your ministry? Tell, tell me how.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if people want to get involved, it's simple. Just go to Troy Marshall, two L's dot org, dot mm-hmm. org. Um, and you can see all our outreaches there, what we do, um, and and you know if you want to donate to do that, and hopefully we can get this to the next episode. I can tell you what we do. So again, you know, we want to move with integrity, mm-hmm. and also we want to make sure that every single dollar is going to change lives. And mm-hmm. so we have an approach that we always let people know, especially people in business, mm-hmm. because you know we want they want to know what's their ROI. Yeah. <laughs> you yes. know yep, exactly. <laughs> What's the return on investment yep. for doing this? And so we always want to make sure we're furnishing them with with the information to know here's your impact mm-hmm. and how we do it is just as important as what we do. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. we'll get into that hopefully yeah. the next episode we awesome. share. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So again, just bringing it back here again, Let trying pause to. You guys real
2: quick. Mm-hmm. Can I have the same question? But you're going to have point actually to this camera. Okay. And we'll make it more of like an outro. We'll yeah. Okay. For more content. Yeah. But what we're gonna do is gonna wrap up this episode, and we're gonna have uh, Olivia. did a good wrap around saying, "This is great. This is great." But also, I think you should say, "All uh, because you had made it a one-on-one question instead of, could you look at this camera and mm-hmm. the audience know how to connect with you? Yeah. Okay, how they can reach out to you? where you said that um, your your contact info, I think yeah. great if you're at it. Okay. Okay. Part two for some what do you
0: think? Okay. My mind was focused on something else, so now I'm like... Yeah, I had, I had to cut
2: it because we're getting a lot of content.
1: Yeah.
0: Are we? Yeah. But I'm enjoying the conversation.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have another person coming in that All
1: right.
0: There's just one more kind of question or thing that I wanted to oh, yeah, wrap sure, into it sure, real yeah. quick. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that first before we do the outro. Okay. Because I definitely wanna um Do you have any minor for yet? No, no. Well, you like kinda distracted me. I was about to say <laughs> it and then you're like stop, stop, stop. So so pretty much what what the question and the stuff that I was wanting to get in is is so okay. So here you found your purpose, right? Yeah. And you're making a great impact. Um, So for the people that don't have that ideal purpose and stuff, what are the couple little steps that you say, listen, if at this moment in time you don't know what your purpose is, if at this moment in time maybe you're not, you know, saying, okay, this is the road I'm going, what is the little steps that they can take in order to get on that journey and to start to find it?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the, the clue to finding, one of the clues to finding your purpose is what makes you angry? Okay, That is a big clue to what your purpose is. People rant all the time about mm. things online they don't like. And, and one of the things is no one's ranting about certain things but you. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know, like, maybe I'm the one that's supposed to fix this problem. Maybe mm. this is my thing that I'm supposed to get involved in. Most of the people that are really changing lives and impacting lives, it started with them seeing a problem and getting really angry about it going, someone should do something about this. Yeah. And so you have to pay attention to that. But if you're completely self-absorbed mm-hmm. and you're just trying to, in survival mode all the time, and you're just concerned about yourself, you're not really paying attention to what's going on inside of you. Mm-hmm. And I believe God has already planted destiny and purpose in our hearts. It's mm-hmm. up to us to discover it exactly. and to pay attention to what's moving us. And we're built for things like that. Mm-hmm. So people ask me all the time, like, why are you get involved in these things? And I'm like, I saw a problem and I got angry. Mm-hmm. I got angry that there were people suffering in Honduras, and mm-hmm. right, when I heard this problem and I saw my own people suffering, and I thought, "Why isn't you know someone do something?" And I immediately you know jumped into this with no money, no no resources, no contacts, nothing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you know, uh, you know, like five years later, you know, we've got one of the biggest outreaches in these countries, both these countries that are helping people. Mm-hmm. And so it all starts with that. Yeah. I never started one project with everything in order. I started with, yeah. <laughs> with like someone needs to do something you know that's <laughs> yeah, how i started thinking my board is always like well you know how come it's us i'm like i don't know i'm just mad yeah, yeah you know we got to yeah. do something there's exactly. something's got to happen exactly. so yeah that's kind of you know what i would encourage people to do is to really pay attention to what moves them mm-hmm. not just your passion because people are passionate about what's dear to them but that's mm-hmm. not always the purpose of god mm-hmm. you're passionate about your kids your family yeah. you're passionate about getting ahead but when you're passionate about something that's not so connected to you that you see, you really have to pay attention to that and then mm-hmm. start to think, how can I make a difference? Mm-hmm. Um, empty pockets never stopped anyone, only empty hearts. Mm.
0: That's that's a good saying. Yeah. Um, so one, one thing just going off of, you know, what made you angry or kind of going back that, not necessarily what made you angry, but kind of just going into what, you also said at the beginning of what, what's easy for you, yeah. right? All that good what stuff. Kind so of easy it's metric, so funny. Yeah. So, obviously, in the last year and a half, I've kind of been on my own journey trying to find my purpose and yeah. all that good stuff. But I went, looking back, I was like, okay, I've always loved educating people. Mm. You know, even from when I started in the bank at like 21, it's yeah. like educating people is like amazing. Then I was like, okay, and I always loved being in front of camera and talking to people so <laughs> <laughs> there's that so are. then i'm like okay so how can you put this all together and yeah. actually make it work so it's it's amazing how there's the answers are already inside of you just like you said the purpose and your your destiny is already inside of you it's up to us to uncover it so just looking back at what's already natural and easy for you right. and also what makes you angry and just saying okay how can i use this just where i'm at right now right. and then start there just take that one step just yeah. the one baby step you don't need a Go to Mongolia tomorrow necessarily, right. but just taking that baby step, and then all of a sudden it'll grow and expand. Because I'm sure when you first started your ministry, you didn't go zero to hundred, no. but it's just that small baby steps that you took. Yeah,
1: and you know we started off in places like Honduras. We, you know, we started off with a, a you know, providing food for kids on the street. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a hundred meals,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: I that took everything I had, yeah. and then that expanded into twelve hundred, and then mm-hmm. uh, eventually we were doing six thousand and Downtown uh, Tegucigapa mm. and then we had a rehab there that went from just four people to four hundred, yeah. and it just kind of ballooned. You know those kind of things, those outreaches there. Um, but this is the thing I always encourage people: no one wants to be seen starting mm. because the start is always small mm-hmm. and kind of you know dorky. You yeah, know yeah. it doesn't look good because you know what you're doing. Yeah. So everyone doesn't want to start because they you know they they don't like to be mm-hmm. seen starting. Yeah. Um, but it's got to start somewhere. You exactly. know, if you have something in your heart that you believe that is your destiny, your purpose, you have to start. Mm-hmm. Start with the phone call. Start with the research. Google it. Like, mm-hmm. how can I, and who's already doing it? How mm-hmm. can I do it better? Or how can I help them to do yeah. it? And so that's one of the keys to get you going is people think, well, when I got to gather all this stuff and I got to go to school for it or I got to, you know, mm-hmm. they and they feel like inadequate. And yeah. but God will meet you where you're at always looking for people yeah. that are willing the bible says exactly. you know you know paul told timothy you know look for you know faithful people that mm-hmm. can be made able mm-hmm. and we're always looking for able people and trying to make them faithful yeah <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't work exactly. so we start with what we have you know and, yeah. and fa- be faithful with a little bit and then god will give you more he'll give you the increase exactly
0: yeah. i know I've, I've experienced that many times as well towards just you know you look around you're like okay but i don't have the money for that, or I don't have the connections for Mm -hmm. that. But like you said, you just taking that one step of faith, God will provide, he'll catch you and he'll make sure everything works in his favor, in your favor to make it um, come to pass. So awesome. Awesome. Alrighty. Well, okay. We'll go ahead and do the outro real quick for, for Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. Alrighty. So what did I say here? Okay, perfect. Sorry. Ready. So you are going to do
1: the looking at this Alrighty. camera. All yeah. right. So well do you me do we'll,
2: uh, you,
0: so Yeah. You're not looking yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you guys
1: look at them
2: together. You'll do like a little wrap up bring into full circle and you What look did look we, look we say
1: before? Camera.
0: I don't have uh, it in our notes. So Type to, pass,
2: to so insert line here. Yes. Pastor Troy. Go ahead and look at this camera. Oh, we're and and just going the straight the to that.
0: Awesome, already, Pastor Troy, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of oh, our podcast. Do me a favor, take a quick look into that camera, tell our guests how they can connect with you and your ministries, and if they want to donate, give them access to everything that you have going on.
1: Okay, uh, so if you want to get a hold of us, you want to get involved in anything we're doing around the world, just go to www.troymarshall2ls.org, uh, and you'll see all of our outreaches there, everything and information you need. And if you need anything additional... Just give me a ring at Troy at Troy dot org. Drop me an email. I'd be happy to answer any questions for you or anything else about uh what we're doing and how you can get involved.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Alrighty guys, that is a wrap for the All of Olivia podcast. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. He didn't say if they
3: want I did. Oh. Oh my god. You said ask
2: questions. Yeah,
3: I said <laughs> that after.
0: Yeah. Okay. Everyone... No.
2: Okay. Which one? Just what we just did? Buy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that Alrighty. one. Okay.
0: Yeah. All righty, guys. That is a wrap for the All of Olivia podcast. We hope to see you next time. Bye.
2: Perfect. going to get two claps in. Good job. I got you ready. <laughs> um, perfect. Some great stuff. It really touches home. I think there's a lot of content there. Okay. Okay. Sure. So it would be uh, minus the intro, just going straight into the interview. Yeah. And I think you having Olivia ask the question instead of you saying three topics in one mm. would be a lot more engaging. Okay. right users. another thing is uh, the quality you can educate you can ask like what is going on why are you, why is your uh, why are you so yeah. focused in what are
1: you okay
0: mm-hmm. okay perfect so do you have anything specific that you would like people well, to know well we like to let share. people
1: know especially you know people that that want to donate like what is our like what is our philosophy for mm-hmm. how we distribute how do we get things mm-hmm. so we like to explain it to especially the business people because Many times people want to do good, but they do it in a way that's hurtful in mm-hmm. the long run. Yeah, and so you know, one of the things that happens is is the acquisition, the distribution, and the impact. Those are three things we consider whenever we do any kind of humanitarian outreach. Now we don't do we don't do a lot of disaster relief. We do a lot of disaster recovery,
3: mm-hmm. which is
1: much more needed. Disaster relief is done by really well by the Red Cross and other organizations. Mm-hmm. They come in, they get people out of harm's way. But what is Horrible worldwide is disaster recovery, which is after all those people leave and there's it's no. Now re- what? Yeah. How do people <laughs> recover? Exactly. They don't do that very well mm-hmm. because that's not their thing. And yeah. there's not a lot of resources around the recovery. Everything's yeah. around relief. And so we focus on the recovery part where we come in we're helping people rebuild homes. We're helping them, you know, get back on their feet, opening long term medical facilities for them or providing medicines for them. Um, because that's a, the horrible truth about disaster relief. It's it's lasts about thirty days max.
0: Now, right. now you guys went straight out to the Ukraine. Yeah,
1: I'm going back there next month mm-hmm. too. Yeah.
0: So tell me a little bit about what you're doing in the Ukraine and other areas. So it's through Lionsgate Network.
1: Yeah, the Troy okay. Marshall Ministries. Troy Marshall Ministries. Yeah. So um, Ukraine was unique because we. we I was like you you get Yeah.
0: So in in regards to Ukraine, so he went out to Ukraine right after
1: the war started.
0: What was it? How many months ago? Anyways, Less, he, he went into yeah. Ukraine immediately right after that. But then also what other areas? So I'm interested in exactly where are you making the impact? So we have Mongolia. We yeah. have Honduras. You have w- Ukraine, Ukraine now. So yeah. what is it exactly that you're doing? Just a, a small snippet in each and every one of those areas.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah, I think there's an opportunity here to strategize. What are the specific things that you would like to be prompted?
3: you asked for this. Yeah, time. I would mm-hmm. like
1: that that question. So we talked about yeah. the three things because I think mm-hmm. that's very important to so maybe to the, the, the audience. audience yeah. yeah, because most people are donating; they're emotional. But most people that are, you know, business people, they're looking at this very practically, mm-hmm. and so we want to address that. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is what we do, so we don't yeah. mess up. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can't throw money at all problems. You know, some problems don't even require money. They require strategy. Yeah, exactly. And because so, yeah, the
2: practical
1: behind yeah, the, the, practical behind the, the mm-hmm. If you're going to donate, this is what we look at so you understand how we operate mm-hmm. in our stewardship worldwide. Mm-hmm. And we look at because we want long-term impact. That's the goal. You know, not short-term Perfect. gratification. That's like a great people. question. Yeah. Um, another topic that you wanted to hit? Um, we can talk about the Ukraine because that's kind of in the right now and we talk about the difference between disaster relief and disaster recovery which is what we focus on yeah in our should we take because I want to make sure I taper it down. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I think um, what we did in the first episode, I can already imagine myself cutting it down. So I would just be unfiltered, I think, up to 15 minutes for um, both questions. But if it goes longer, then I'll just edit accordingly.
1: Okay, so give me a five and a two. Got it. All right. (laughs) I didn't do so great with the last one. (laughs) No, that's fine. Five and a two, so I can, yeah. Okay, so first question. Are, you gonna uh, s- are we gonna do an, out- an intro for this or just no, straight no, into just it? No, no, he's okay. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Alrighty. So the first question we're gonna be using is just in regards to when you choose what. Oh my gosh, my dad distracted me. Sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> when when you choose what you're going to be get involved in, what charities and all that good yeah. stuff. What what business mindset? What are you thinking about when you're selecting? Um, okay, okay. An area. To get, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm um, trying to I'm trying to think of how yeah, let's work together.
2: I, l- I like it. So how
1: do you decide where you're gonna How, how do you provide decide where you're you gonna humanitarian to provide? help? Ah, that you know work? what, you're awesome. Yeah, how do you decide? Yeah.
2: Don't you want to be specific? Because we're acknowledging the practical of it, right? Right. Uh when it comes to a business getting involved with you, how do you explain the behind the scenes or the practical side of, of getting
1: involved? Okay. That sounds good. I yeah. like
2: the word
3: yeah.
2: Um, and because everything else has been very spiritual and passion and because we want to be straightforward, let's talk logic to logic. Yeah.
1: Okay. okay.
0: So, okay, so just revising the question really quick. So, when it comes to a business or an individual wanting to partner with you, how do you I like that, Yeah. 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 How, how do you break down and share the practical strategies on what charities you have selected?
1: Or well, no, like, yep. or like what you know? How do you how do you decide where you work? Or mm-hmm. in, you know how do you get involved? Like what decide? Like how do you d- how do you decide where you do your, mente- your humanitarian work? Okay, and, and yeah, okay.
2: So if yeah yeah, I think that's great. I love your intro there, Olivia. As a business, as a business yeah. who, who, as a business who. Bu- so As a business
0: and individual that wants to partner with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. For business, yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm.
2: For a business or individual that wants to partner with you, and then what was your
3: second
1: part? I would say like, uh, like. How uh, do you share with them? Yeah. or well how do you? How do you? How do they determine? You determine. Know, your process. Yes. Your process of how you, you know, what will you do with their donation? What you do with their. Uh, okay. I like that. What yeah. you
0: do with their donation? Uh huh. Okay. So when it comes to a business and an individual that want to partner with you and your ministry, yeah, how do you determine or share with them how y- their donations are impactful in the world? And
1: Okay. So how do they make it the most impact for their dog? Exactly. Yeah. One more
2: time, one more
1: time.
0: I want a clean one. Okay. A little bit
2: more. You got it. We're almost
0: yeah. <laughs> when it comes when it comes to a business owner and individuals that want to partner with you in your ministry. Yeah. How is it that you share with them how their their donations are going to be impactful in the world and make the most impact?
1: Well, one of the things we do, we have a philosophy when it comes to anything that we're donating or giving or helping. Um first of all, we we don't do very much disaster relief because there are very big organizations like Red Cross that are pretty good at that. And let me just say this, all the money goes to them in the beginning, but very little goes to what we call disaster recovery, Mm -hmm. which is after those organizations have left, people are left to kinda rebuild.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh so you have to be, you know, very strategic in those things. Like we're working in the Ukraine right now because obviously it's been devastated and all those organizations are gone now because the war is like in a real weird place. But um the war has created thousands of widows and orphans. Mm -hmm. And so they men have left the country or they've been killed. And so we have, uh, like in our refugee center, we started one there um, right near the border of Poland. It's still going, um, it's really maxed out. And, and so now we have to figure out, this is not designed for people to live.
3: Exactly. Yeah, we
1: need to find a permanent housing. So uh, we had an organization that uh, donated a building to us, it's really dilapidated. And so what we did was we changed, we turned that into 24 apartment units. Mm it, put in, you know, AC, HVAC, electrical, yeah. walls, kitchens, bathrooms, and we put, you know, the widows and orphans, widows who wanted to take care of orphans, so it's like kind of, you know, adoption mm-hmm. uh, into those places, and so we have families living there now, um, because that's recovery, yeah. you know, and so one of the things we look at, and this is really important, um, when people donate to us, we tell them, here's how we look at it, acquisition is important distribution is important and also the impact of that distribution is important. Mm-hmm. And we had a great lesson we learned from if you don't remember remember the organization Tom Shoes uh, mm. you buy a pair and you get a pair. Yes. All right. Yes. So this will give you an example how important this is. So Tom Shoes went into Brazil uh, into the area of Sao Paulo, very poor, and they came in with 150,000 pairs of shoes. And because this is a case study as humanitarians, we we study different areas of the world and the impact. Well, that's great because Tom's Shoes is a great organization, but they didn't understand the acquisition Mm -hmm. is always the easiest part for Americans. We have a resource-rich country. Mm -hmm. So people brought shoes, and Tom's made good on their pledge. They brought 150,000 pairs of shoes, and then the distribution was great, right, because they came in with volunteers – all over the world, that came in and handed out shoes. Mm-hmm. But the impact was a net negative because what they didn't understand was that there's a cottage shoe industry, which is little mom and pops that employ eight, nine people. And they make the shoes there or little kiosks that import the shoes from Taiwan. And what they did was put every single one of them out of business because people didn't need shoes and then you have branded shoes like nike but only certain people can afford those and they're not in the body you know Mm -hmm. they're they're (laughs) they can't (laughs) go to the ball right and so after a year you know we have these photos that were heartbreaking of tom's shoes with the toe cut out uh because the kids grew and and there's no shoes and also all those people lost their jobs so the impact was not good it was Mm -hmm. negative so we always consider those three things in the area we go can acquire things in America very easily um, who we distribute it with is important because mm-hmm. we never want anyone to take advantage of that distribution for their own benefit mm-hmm. so we look at that like I've dug wells in Africa they got taken over by warlords and now they just dis- they control the distribution of water which is the greatest yeah. resource um, or governments come in and they mm-hmm. want to confiscate and distribute for their own political reasons so we have to be very careful about each one of those phases, and we have a measurable impact. We want to know what is the, the measurable impact on what we gave. So we shared in the last episode about Mongolia. Mm-hmm. and so you know we commissioned a study to figure out like what was the impact of our air mask on mm-hmm. people. Uh, just in our own network of churches and people that we went to, and that ne- impact was positive mm-hmm. um, because we saw a lower rate of kids getting sick in the hospital by talking to the doctors. Their numbers were way down uh, because people weren't getting pneumonia and flu from the chest of kids were the attendance of the schools went up during the winter not down for the first time mm-hmm. so we saw that this was really saved lives babies being born my own assistant couldn't get pregnant because of this mm-hmm. and she got now two kids oh, <laughs> and the only thing she did different was wear that mask we're in the winter time and she didn't miscarry for the first time after having three so we're always looking at those things and then we want to make sure that you know there's accountability in everything that we do so you know we run internal uh, mm-hmm. That are open to any donor wants to look at them. They want to find out what we spent, where it went. Mm-hmm. We're always open to sharing that information with anyone. Uh, but we just want people to know that you know their their donations are going to what we say that we do what we say. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's definitely a a big key, especially with anybody that wants to donate. Right, yeah. you want to make sure that who you're partnering with is full of integrity, that they're actually doing what they're saying. Again, they're maximizing every single donation yes. and dollar that they're giving. That it's not a you know oh well. Ten cents of your dollar goes yeah. to, the, you know, the yeah. charity. And yet we're pocketing the rest and <laughs> right. all that good stuff. But you're truly doing your homework and the research yeah. and everything to make sure everybody's lives are impacted to the maximum.
1: Yeah. And real quick, you know, if mm-hmm. someone says 100 percent of your donation goes, it's not true. Yeah, um, because there's too many administrative costs. Into that. Mm-hmm. So a good ratio to look for is 80 to 20. We try to do 80 to 20.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: 20 percent will go towards acquisition, distribution. People have to fly over there and oversee it. We have yeah. to make sure things are shipped. Yeah. So we can't say 100%, but exactly. we try to keep that ratio 80 to 20. Um, if we have to go over it, we have a better, better, better really good reason for that mm-hmm. um, because we do want 80 cents on your dollar to actually go to the thing you're donating to, but mm-hmm. there's just no way around yeah. that cost. It's just there. It's fixed.
0: For sure, yeah. for sure. And then do you are, do you provide a way, like through your websites or through newsletters, to show the updates on what you're doing with your program throughout yes. the year?
1: Yes. Yeah, so if you donate, you know, you come, go on to our, you know, email list, and we send what we call steward reports and let people see, here's what you gave and here's what it did. Mm-hmm. Here's the long-term impact. We So we'll revisit it, you know, if it's an ongoing thing, like the clinics in Honduras. You know, mm-hmm. we give testimonies, you know. We have so many uh, lives that were saved because, you know, a little thing turns into a big thing in those countries. You know, an infection that we could just take an antibiotic for here will turn into life-threatening. So there's a lot of great testimonies that we share of the ongoing effect of that donation that they made Mm -hmm. so they can really see this is not just a one-of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and that's like a quick turnaround, though, for you because, again, revisiting the Ukraine, when that war started, I mean, you guys were out there and yeah active quickly the
1: second week yeah we were on the ground yeah. yeah and yeah that was a that was a very um obviously difficult situation to deal with cuz i've never mm-hmm. worked in a war zone before mm-hmm. um, but we had uh, some really great people on the ground that were already there that mm-hmm. were amazing and so most of the heavy lifting <laughs> comes from my people you yeah. know i'm just a guy coming in to help you know organize and, yeah, and yeah. fund things but um, yeah, we started a refugee center there, um, which first people were coming through, but then they stopped because mm-hmm. they Can I that you guys real quick? yeah. Uh,
2: I think we're, we covered the first question really really well. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to engage the second question a little bit more specifically than Ukraine. So yeah. What so what's the second question for Ukraine? To get, is that the second one?
1: The yeah, she was asking like how that happened came mm-hmm. about. Yeah. yeah. You're working in the Ukraine. Tell us about that, or even more specific than that.
2: Yeah. So, what do you want? What are some things you're going to
1: highlight when you talk about Ukraine? Um, just the 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 idea. Yeah, like just the idea that um, right now it's not in the news as much because it's they're fought to a stalemate. So a lot of the there's not a lot of help going in there anymore, but the people still need a lot of help because it's, you know it'll take them a decade to reach the Ukraine, and so there's a lot of suffering going on that is not being alleviated anymore by humanitarian aid. So we're trying to look at long-term, you know, fixes for homelessness, elderly care, uh, care for widows and orphans. Um, those are the things that governments that are in flux like this they can't do. They just they can't stop and you know have you know social workers go around mm-hmm. in the middle of a war. So that has to be cared for by individuals like us you know, NGOs who have to come in and then figure out how to build a building in the middle of the war, you know, mm-hmm. and where do we get those resources and things like that. So it takes a little bit more strategy based than you know, than just massive amounts of resources dumped on a country, which is what happens in the middle or the beginning of something. Now mm-hmm. it's it's gotta be much more strategic. So we work through people that are already are you know, one of our is we don't want to be the one motivating People to do things in their own country. We want to find the people that are already doing it, and we want to help them do it at another level. And that way, they're never dependent upon us. Mm -hmm. We're not the suppliers of their passion. Yeah. Right. And so we look for that, and of course, we have great relationships there. So you're
2: doing this through like you're on the field.
1: Yes. Okay. I'll be there next month for a a week, and, and we're going around looking for a second facility, and then. Uh, helping bolster some efforts for permanent housing for the elderly. We're buying another house. We have a house there for the elderly too. You mm-hmm.
2: said elderly. You yeah, indigent um, indigent care is what it is. So indigent.
1: Yeah, so that's that's elderly people that their families they couldn't leave mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. they're just not Orphans they can't walk. Yeah, and, and, widows. and widows. Yeah, I think
2: that would be a, a great way to start the conversation. Okay.
1: government organization.
2: That's not the right way to say
1: it then. Yeah, it's it uh yeah, it's it that's that's the term NGO.
2: I'm trying to say like I'm trying to be like Pastor Troy Yeah, (laughs) go (laughs) all over the place. Good point. I know you'd love it, but (laughs) yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, okay. And I think that I think the big, uh, the butter of that is that you are you are specifically equipped with the ability to get in there. And I love that you said that you're not just trying to start something new. You're really you're going in there with a mission to strategically yeah, with a strategy. uh, Yeah, people and make them more optimized. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Cool, Olivia.
0: Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Pastor Troy, I know you are involved in the Ukraine. We had talked previously. So, you're helping the elderly. You're helping the widows and some orphans. Yeah. Tell me a little bit how you're impacting their lives and what strategies you're using when you go out there.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the war's been going on for almost a year, over a year almost now. And so, it's produced a lot of widows and orphans. Um, and, they're, you know, the government's not in a position to take care of that because they're at war. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can't send social workers into the neighborhood and try and find housing. So it's left to NGOs, non-government organizations like us, to come in and, and see what we can do to, to put these people that are in tremendous crisis into a better position.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The The issue with that is is that, you know, if you're giving out money, everybody's going to want some of it. Mm-hmm. So we don't do it like that. We don't come in with a checkbook and throw money at a problem. We look for people that are already doing it, and then we help them take that to another level. I don't want to be the supplier Mm -hmm. of the passion. And I don't want my money to be the motivator for people. So I look for people already, and we have a great organization, a network of churches in Mongolia, I'm sorry, in Ukraine already, Mm -hmm. that are doing some great things. Some pastors in our network didn't leave. They refused to leave. So they've been feeding the hungry, and now we're like, okay, we need to find, especially the elderly that are indigent, Mm -hmm. that couldn't leave because their families couldn't take them with them. We, use, we literally got a van and went around picking up elderly people and bringing them to our first home that we purchased in, in Ukraine on the outskirts of uh, a, a city there away from the fighting. Wow. Um, and you know we had to redo the bathrooms. they had to build a better kitchen. And I think we have about 27 in there. And now we're looking at another one. Because we're people are calling us all the time saying my grandmother's stuck in her house. She can't no one's taking care of her And it's horrible what's going on and the same thing with the orphans and the widows that we know there's been a tremendous loss of life We don't really hear about on the news Mm -hmm. anymore, but it's produced a lot of widows and also mothers and fathers that were killed in the fighting Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a lot of orphans in our refugee center. So we're trying to provide long-term solutions for them um, and so that means, you know, we have to come in and figure a strategy. Mm-hmm. Like we can't go in and just throw money around. We have to come up with a long term strategy which means the acquisition of buildings and homes and and, and that's hard to do times right now, but we yeah. we have some great success with it. So, you know, I'm gonna be there in about a month. Mm-hmm. Uh I just got the phone away here as a matter of mm-hmm. fact, with our guy and so we we're planning a, a trip to uh two different places, uh Kirshan, which was devastated, and Odessa uh, which is the banking capital, the financial capital mm-hmm. of Ukraine. But it's been devastated as well. And so we're looking at purchasing another elderly home there and then another widows and home. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, I love that you transition into the next thing, which was going to be my next question, by the way. Was yeah. Like, I heard you're going to be there. Tell me what you're excited to accomplish. Okay. Yeah. Good. Olivia, I'll have you heard you say that. Yeah. Really back in
0: the <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. You should have just let him keep on going. Nah. <laughs> He's yeah. No. He's good at that.
2: I know, yeah, I know. I'm
0: trying to get you involved with it. Yeah. I know, on, so. I know. Okay, so I heard you're going to be going out to Ukraine within the next month. Tell me what you're excited about or what your plans are when you get out there.
1: Yeah, so, um, well, we're going to be in harm's way. <laughs> I'm not going to make a joke about it. But we're going to two areas. One, Kershaw. We currently have a, a, a home in near the border Poland that we're you know, really home in. Home that we built called Hope House, mm-hmm. um, where we're housing about I think I shared before about you know 24 families there, uh, but we need to go to an, an Odessa area because that's one of the areas that's been hit hard, and we're looking for another elderly home there, and another children, widows, and orphans home that we can build. So you know acquiring these things in the middle of a war is really difficult, but we're really uh, blessed with the people we have on the ground that are really good at this, and Ukrainians are some of the most resilient, most resourceful people on the planet. Mm-hmm. And so, hats off to them for really being, you know, amazing in this time helping their own people. We have pastors that refused to leave, and you know, stayed in the basement of their churches helping people. Mm-hmm. And so, those are the people we're getting involved with. Their longtime friends of mine that I know their heart and their integrity, and they're passionate about seeing their people helped. So, yeah, we've got to find a home, renovate it, uh, you know, move people into it, make sure we get the the people that are in most need. And I
0: was just about to ask you that. Yeah. I mean, how, I'm sure there's plenty, massive, there's hundreds and massive. thousands of people that need help. I yeah. mean, how do you select or?
1: Well, it's normally people we've already been working with mm-hmm. that also, um, you know, they've been you know, very you know, strategic with us about mm-hmm. making sure they're serving too. Yeah. Like we have a lot of people that in the middle of their crisis, they're like, "I'm gonna keep helping," mm-hmm. and so we're going to them first. Mm-hmm. Um, for our elderly people, it's just a matter of like, you know, really, you know, if it's someone we that we're connected to their family mm-hmm. that we help. We can't help everyone, yeah. so we have to be very specific. But we're looking for the ones that are in the most need, mm-hmm. and everyone's got needs, but well some are in really bad needs. So most of the people in our home are indigent; they can't they feed themselves. Most of them can't. Um, walk they're not mobile Mm -hmm. those are the ones we go for first because they need the most care and so that's probably 90 percent of the people in our elderly home are indigent we call they can't you know they can't do anything they're you know we had Mm -hmm. a huge issue with adult diapers we couldn't get any and so thank god for our friends in amsterdam and
3: Mm -hmm. in holland
1: i mean they brought truckloads of adult diapers in for us for our elderly homes because it was a real issue but Mm -hmm. yeah we've seen a massive impact with that and we're just trying to expand that more.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know uh, at the beginning of the conversation you were saying how you like to partner with people that are already, in a sense, doing the work yes. and in there. So how else are you educating them and sharing with them to grow and take their skills to the next level to make a bigger impact?
1: Yeah, so we have a lot of experience with this. So mm-hmm. um, we come in and we you know help them with strategy but also resources. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. It's not just money. It's Mm -hmm. expertise. It's management of these projects that they're, you know, they're doing it from their level of expertise. Mm -hmm. When we come in, we're able to expand it because we know how to deal with governments. We know how to deal with buildings. We know how to deal with construction because we've had so much experience around the world with it over the years that we can come in and let them see like here's a better way to approach it. Um, You know, building wise too. You know, we don't just build a building and you know we we look at. One day we might need to sell this building yeah. because the need may not be there. We can't build a building. It's unsellable. Exactly. Uh, so we have to make sure that we are looking at uh, all the projects in a long-term way and that they're always got to be sustainable mm-hmm. over the long term. So like, how can we make this a sustainable project? And I'm just not just like environmentally, but you know, for the people that are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think we're
0: good. Huh. Okay.
2: Do you want to have any last statements?
0: No, I was just going to wrap it up. Just like, you know, he made an impact on Ukraine. and We already talked about their philosophy and strategy, but now let's, you know, wrapping it up.
1: Yeah.
2: Let's start looking at each
0: other and we'll start wrapping it up. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you so much for coming in. I think this is a lot of information and knowledge for people to be able to look into partnering with you. I know we're going to be directing them again to your website. Yeah. Um, you have everywhere again. Going down the list: Mongolia, Honduras, Ukraine. Where else are you making an impact? That's it. I mean, <laughs> we're we're literally touching all over the world. Yeah. So please, I mean, if it's in your heart, visit his website. Just get connected with him. I know for myself, I'm not going to be able to go to Mongolia or Ukraine within the next month. Oh but really? To par- we want you to come <laughs> with no. your dad to Uh-oh.
1: Mongolia <laughs> with us. Come on.
0: <laughs> hey, you know what? I I might get out there, yeah. but. In the meantime, just to be able to partner with you and donate financially as thankfully a lot of us are blessed to be able to have an extra few dollars. Yeah. I mean, tell me really, really quick. You know what? This is this is something that I've always. How much does it cost for a mask in Mongolia to be made? A mask
1: costs 25 U.S. dollars for us to make, ship and distribute. So that's the total cost for us per unit. Mm -hmm. So that mask, though, well, it's not like a paper no mass. It's this last will ma- last. The filters are sixty hours each, and each mask comes with three filters, which is people wear when they're outside. Mm-hmm. So that'll last the winter. We did our research on that, um, and so and those filters are replaceable. So mm-hmm. when we have a mask. We're going to school now. We don't have to replace the mask. The mask mm-hmm. is made of a durable neoprene with silicone filters that will last thousands of hours. But the inner shell uh, is is you know carbon so, um,
0: so twenty five dollars bucks will it. save one person yeah. all winter, yeah,
1: and then the company graciously donates filters to us wow. to to so that we don't have to all their costs is really in the mask and in the filter. And so they donate the filters to us, but we have to purchase the original mask. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, when they go to your website, are they able to say, you know what, I want to purchase a mask or, you know, yes. for the Mongolia yes. charity versus any other charity that you may be connecting with at yeah, this time? Yeah, they
1: can go through and go our, our donate page at org slash backslash donate. You can see all the outreaches there and what you want to choose to donate. You can do mm-hmm. monthly, you can do a one-time gift, but it'll go specifically to that if you just, wherever you mark in the drop.
0: And how many more winter months do we have so far in 23?
1: Uh, it'll last for another two months. Yeah, right wow. now. Yeah, so it's still time. And mm-hmm. we'll be heading over there soon to Mongolia as well. Um, but the mass thing takes a while because we mm-hmm. have to make those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. then ship them. And that's a whole other deal. So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, anything they can do for that. But yeah. Ukraine is really immediate.
0: Okay, so you're going to be going within the next 30 days to Ukraine, so if you guys can help donate to their efforts, please go to their website, go on there, and just donate any little bit that you can. I'm sure it's, it's what, a trip to Starbucks, just sacrifice one Starbucks (laughs) trip, just (laughs) (laughs) sacrifice one McDonald's trip, (laughs) I mean, it's crazy how much the cost (laughs) of living is going up here, but to just sacrifice for that one time and know how much you're going to be impacting someone's life and saving lives, it's it's definitely a big deal so awesome well thank thank you you so much thank
1: you for having me it's been an honor
0: of course of course all righty guys we'll talk to you next time on the next episode of all of olivia
3: bye
2: We can scoot over to one mic, right. like okay. this yeah. one right here. Yeah. Hey guys, um, hey guys, I'm here with my next guest, Pastor Troy. Pastor Troy, hello. Yeah. Stay tuned for the next episode. All right. Ready? We try it out. I'm
0: trying to think of okay, yeah,
2: go. Yeah. Ready and action.
0: Hey guys, I'm here with my next. Ready and action. Ready.
2: Action.
0: Hey guys, I'm here with my next guest, Troy Marshall. Stay tuned. special guest Tori Marshall. Stay tuned.
2: over were those three?
1: Great job.